All right. Thanks for coming walking with Dad on episode two. If you missed last week's episode, probably ought to go check it out. It was pretty much straight fire, especially the dad joke. So go check it out. Uh, it's on Spotify now. So if you don't want to download Podbean or whatever this is on, then you can check it out on Spotify. Just make it easy for you. But uh, last week we talked about being excellent and taking action, not just thinking about doing whatever you want to do. So I heard a story this week that kind of builds on that. So I wanted to tell it to you. Uh, and there's a hundred lessons in this story, but um, I'll, I'll tell you the parts that I really liked, and then you could go listen to it for your for yourselves if you want. Uh, I'll forward you the podcast, but uh, this guy. And this story's name is Sean Casey. He's a first baseman for the Cleveland Indians, I think. And uh, he's talking about his failure and his story to get to the big leagues. Uh, it's a little bit like Michael Jordan, where Michael Jordan gets cut from the varsity team when he's a sophomore and has to earn his way back, back up. This guy uh, is from Pittsburgh. Uh, he's playing Little League Baseball there in Pittsburgh, and he makes it up to high school, and he's playing, he's a freshman playing on the sophomore baseball team, and he's really not getting a lot of playing time, and he's mostly sitting on the end of the bench, and can't really figure it out. So he goes and talks to his dad, and he says, Hey, Dad, I think you could talk to the coach for me, say, see if you can get me in the game a little bit. His dad looks at him and he said, well, I could do that. But if we're being real honest, the guy that's playing in front of you is about as good as you are. And you're not that much marginally better than he is to force the coach to put you in. And I thought, man, that's a really good statement from his dad not to save him and kind of sets him up for the rest of his life. Uh, so the next thing his dad says, I'll tell you what, I'll buy you tokens to the batting cages for as long as you'll go every night. So if you go every night, I'll pay for your tokens at the batting cages. So this kid's like, okay, I'll go do that. So he starts going to the batting cages, and he goes, I don't know, for a few months. And he starts getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And it takes him almost a whole year, but by the time he's a sophomore, he's starting on the junior team. But he never stops. So then he gets on the junior team, and he's playing pretty well. He's hitting pretty hard. He's hitting dingers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, 
but he keeps going to the batting cage every night. And he keeps his dad keeps up his end of the deal, keeps paying for the tokens, so he keeps going. So one night he's at the batting cages and he meets this guy who's a batting coach. Just was there. And so they strike up a conversation and they make a little relationship. And so every Tuesday night, he goes and has a batting coach for 30 minutes every Tuesday, all the way through high school. And he gets to senior year in high school and he's smoking it. He's starting varsity, he's leading the, leading the league in batting average, home runs, but he hasn't got a lick of interest from any college scouts and he really wants to play college baseball. So he goes and he sits down and talks to his dad again and says, God, I don't know, nobody's coming to look, Dad. I don't know, I really want to play college baseball, but no, no none of the scouts are coming to see. So his dad looks at him and he says, well, sounds like it's time to go on offense. So they make a plan and they write 30 letters to 30 colleges he wants to go to. And they send them all out. This is before social media, before you could post your swing online and have thousands of followers or whatever. and uh, Before you send a video anywhere. So... They write these 30 letters and he's all excited. He sends them off and his dad goes, hold on, we need to write one more. And he says, I got this flyer from Richmond University. It's this mid-major university. Not a real big school, but he says, okay. So he sits down and he writes this letter and he says, hey, thanks for the flyer. Uh, I'm Sean Casey. Here's my stats. I really think I could play for you and help out your team. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Sends it off. So there's about uh, four weeks left in the baseball season and he hasn't got a letter back. Not one. Nobody's come to look at him. Uh, nobody's called. Hasn't been any scouts out of the high school games. But he just keeps practicing and he keeps plugging along. And it's the very last day of the season and he's having the game of his life. He's hit four home runs. He's got eight RBIs. He's got a couple stolen bases. And he's out there playing first base, and the coach from the other team goes, Hey, Sean, see that guy standing behind the plate there? He goes, Yeah. He says, Well, that's a scout from Richmond University, and he wants to talk to you after the game. So after the game, they, they talk, say, Hey, you had a great game. Love what I see. Uh, I'm going to go back and talk to the coach, and we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. So the kid goes home and tells his dad, hey, I got, finally got a chance. So the next day comes and he gets a call from the coach and said, hey, we'd like you to come play baseball. Uh, we can offer you a $1,000 scholarship. And uh, the kid's like, oh, that's awesome. But it's, they don't have any dough. They don't know how to figure it out. But his dad says, you know what? You're going to Richmond. Pack your stuff. I'll figure it out. So this kid packs up his stuff, goes to Richmond University. Uh, he starts as a freshman on the varsity team, and he just lights it up. But every day he goes to the batting cage, and he goes through the process, and he does his, all of his steps before he goes to swing. And If you've watched a baseball guy get ready to swing, they all have a little routine or a method where they 
draw a cross on the plate or they dig in with one foot or they fix their batting gloves or adjust their helmet or whatever it is. They all got a little routine to get them grounded and set in. So he does it every day. And he gets to the he gets to the end of his junior year and he gets invited to play in the Cape Cod League, which means like, oh, I'm going to play in front of the big the, the big boys, the scout, the pro scouts. So he plays for a summer at the Cape Cod League and he leads the league in all the all the stats. Home runs, batting average, RBI, the whole deal. And uh Comes back, plays his senior season. He leads the entire NCAA in batting average uh, from this mid-major school, not a big school like UCLA or University of Utah or whatever. This is middle school, middle, mid-level college. But he's leading the entire country. And he just keeps practicing every day at the batting cage. And at the end of the season, he gets drafted by the Indians in the second round. And you usually have to go play through AAA and work your way up to the majors. So that's exactly what he does. He's playing AAA ball in Iowa. And he plays in the championship game for the AAA league. And it's kind of like the Raptors. They play a abbreviated season. So instead of 180 games, it's like 80 or 90 or something like that. So in the 90th game... He hits the winning home run to win the championship. And the manager calls him in his office and they're all excited that they won. And the manager said, Sean, you've had a great season, but it's not over yet. You're getting called up and you're going to the big leagues. You're meeting the team in Chicago tomorrow, which I think is pretty freaking awesome. So he calls his mom and dad. He's like, hey, mom. I made it. I made it to the big leagues. His mom and dad are talking to him and they're like, oh, that's awesome. When are you going to be there? Well, tomorrow. I'll meet the team tomorrow. His dad says, we'll be there. Which I think is pretty awesome. Just drops what they're doing. Goes to see their son in the big leagues. So he's sitting on the bench in Chicago the next day. His mom and dad are sitting up behind the plate. And... He's just sitting there cracking sunflower seeds. It's the bottom of the eighth inning. And the bench coach finally comes over and goes, Hey, Casey, if uh, Justice gets up to hit, you're going to pinch hit for him. He's like, what? David Justice? I'm pitching for David Justice. And if you don't know baseball, that's a big name. So he's watching, all the, he's watching it all go down. A couple guys get on base, and all of a sudden, it's his turn to get on deck. But the problem is none of his equipment has made it from Iowa to Chicago. So he doesn't have a helmet. He doesn't have gloves. He doesn't have a bat. So he starts rummaging around in the dugout and he finds a helmet that's his size. And it belongs to one of the stars on the team. And he's like, hey, bro, uh, I just got called up. I don't need my stuff. Can I use your helmet? And this guy's like, absolutely, man. Go for it. And he goes to another guy and he goes, hey, can I borrow your gloves? I don't have my equipment. I just got called up. And the guy goes, absolutely. Here's my gloves. And then he's got to find a bat. Says, I don't know baseball, but when you uh, get in a rhythm and you gotta, you're in the groove, 
you can't switch bats. So you got to have the same weight, same length, uh, same brand, whatever. So he's rummaging through the rummaging through the bats, and he finally found uh, he finally found a bat that's his his model, his weight, his length, the whole deal. And he has to go ask the guy who owns a bat if he can use it. And the guy goes, absolutely. Go for it. So he gets uh, up to the plate. <clears throat> and uh, he's in, he's like euphoria. He's like living in another land. He's so excited. All of a sudden, he's got two strikes and a ball against him. It's one one ball and two strikes. He didn't even know what happened. And here's the cool part. So he steps out of the box and he takes a big breath. And he thinks to himself, I'm not taking these pitches and I'm not punching out on my first major league bat ever. So he takes a breath, he goes through his process, he steps back in and he rips a single to right field. And he gets to first base, and, he, and in his mind, he's saying, I did it. I made it. If I never get another hit, if I never get another chance, I know I made it. Well, this guy goes on to be a 12-year major league ball player. He's in the league for 12 years. He's a three-time All-Star. He gets a double in the World Series has this great story, which I think is pretty awesome. And there are so many lessons in this story that I really liked. One of them kind of rolls off what we talked about last week about taking action. So instead of taking the easy way or trying to cheat the system by saying, hey, Dad, can you talk to the coach for me? He chose to take the hard way go to the batting cage every night work on the process and work on getting better I thought that was a really good lesson that even though he might have been sucking it that first year between sophomore freshman and sophomore year he didn't just stop and judge himself on the result he was getting. He just kept working on the process. And that's kind of like this excellence journey we're on. And I'm in it with you. I don't want you to think that I'm preaching from you from the state of excellence because I'm nowhere near that. But I want to be in it with you. And the second, the second lesson I got from this was uh, you can never quit. You can never quit. You just got to keep going. And uh, I mean, there was, there was times when he's trying to get to the big leagues where he's gone 0 for 12 in a stretch or 0 for 6 and always worried about who's watching. But when he finally figured out that the process was bigger than the result, the result took care of itself. And I'm obviously walking back up the hill.
And here's what else I learned. This is this is uh, honestly part of why I'm doing this podcast for you guys and for me. So uh, I was thinking about how big uh, influence this guy's dad was to his life, and I was thinking back to when all you guys were little, and from my perspective. Uh, and I was busting my help just to put food on the table and make sure everybody were where they were supposed to be and when they were supposed to be there and that we all had something to eat and something to wear and got to school on time and all this stuff. And I don't remember. And maybe I haven't, I don't know, but I don't remember saying things like that to you guys when you're little to help you out. So I'm hoping that this can go forward. Be like, hey, remember when we were walking with dad and he said this? And maybe that can help you figure some stuff out one day. Or maybe now. I don't know. So I guess the lesson is that uh, not to be so busy trying to take care of the now that you miss an opportunity on taking care of the future. So that was my biggest lesson of this one. So I want to help you guys take care of the future. Maybe when you have kids, you'll say, oh, I remember this or remember that. And it'll help you guys go forward and take care of your families. So uh, that's kind of where I'm going to wrap it up tonight. Uh, it's probably a little longer tonight and not a whole lot, but uh, I got a dad joke for you. It might not be a dad joke, but I thought it was freaking funny. So the joke goes, how come chickens are so funny? I don't know. Well, because <laughs> I love it. I know you're laughing at that one too. I can see your faces. So uh, remember, I love you. Uh, there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, like I said in the last one, we might not agree. We might think about things different. You're probably doing stuff different than I would do it. But I'm always going to love you. Just have a great week.